welcome to the Advance Your Art podcast, where we talk about the journey from artist to entrepreneur and everything in between. You've worked hard to hone your craft. Now take it to the next level with tips, techniques, strategies, and routines used by successful artists to grow their businesses and careers. Now, let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yuri Cataldo. Welcome to the show. How are you doing this morning on your side? Well, thank you so much, Yuri, for just, you know, inviting me to be on your show. And I'm doing very well, actually. Um, Yeah, well, I'm holding up. (laughs) I have my (laughs) cup of coffee right here with me. It's 1 a.m. all the way in Nigeria. But I'm very excited to just be joining you on your amazing show. So thank you so much for, you know, inviting me. Uh, it's it's my pleasure, and thank you so much for hanging out at 1 a.m. and sipping coffee while we chat. <laughs> uh, it's 7 p.m. in my part of the world, and I'm sipping a beer, so I think it, uh, oh. we even each other out that way. Okay, so, yeah, <laughs> I guess. I would rather be holding a, you know, yeah, I would rather be sipping a beer right now, but, you know, I have I need the coffee to stay awake, so, hey. Sure. Uh, thank goodness for that. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I have been looking over your bio and looking over the tremendous body of work that you've done and like narrowing down you to a few words is is quite difficult. I'm going to ask you to do that. How do you describe yourself and what it is that you do? Yuri, that is the hardest question to answer. <laughs> like I have a I have a problem myself trying to like, you know, Alex, what do you do? Uh, kind of takes me like 10 minutes because I'm thinking, what do I do again? <laughs> right. So it's kind of, it's kind of like a very difficult question to answer. But, you know, I kind of found um, I think it was recently right in the last two years, I found kind of like a very simple word mm-hmm. um, to sort of describe who I am and what I do. And so I started calling myself an expressionist. <laughs> and people ask me, what the heck is that? And I'm like, well, I just use different mediums of the art to express myself, right? Like, yeah. And they say, what? I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I'm an actress and I'm a writer and I'm a talk radio host and I had a career, you know, as a television personality and author and speaker and and Here's the thing, you know, the common denominator is that, you know, these are just different mediums, right? Mm -hmm. And these are different mediums of expression. And so whether I am in front of a camera or behind the microphone or I'm communicating or writing or whatever it is, I'm expressing, right? And hopefully I'm using that platform or that medium to empower people to take action. Mm -hmm. So really, I think, you know, the easiest way to define myself is just to say I'm an expressionist. I'm an artist. You know, the truth is I'm a creative. I'm an artist. But I've just coined a very nice, (laughs) nice (laughs) word for defining who I am. So I just say I'm an expressionist. And then some people say, oh, she's the queen of expression. But truth is, I just love, you know, um, arts, you know, in general. And I just use all these different mediums to, you know, express myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. And and kudos for being able to put everything that you've done down to one word that that is in itself a an accomplishment a fantastic accomplishment so <laughs> congratulations thank you because it's always such a very hard question you know like alex what do you do and you know when you start to reel off all of these different 
titles and let me call them titles right or roles or whatever it is you know it, it starts to come up like you're bragging right because you say i'm this and i'm this and i'm that and probably boring the person who's asking the original question is like oh they, they're slipping off and you're still saying oh i do this and i do this and i do that so it was just so much easier to just say oh i'm this and then the person goes what what does that mean like they don't know what it means so i have to <laughs> find a way to kind of like explain without coming up like I'm bragging. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, in this instance, I actually want you to brag. So I'm (laughs) totally okay with that. So I'd like to – oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. So so I was going to say I – because of the fact that you're you're so expressionistic and you're Mm -hmm. dabbling in so many different mediums, Mm -hmm. I like to try to start from the beginning – and is the beginning of of where your journey started is the journey to be an actress or did it start in something else? Ooh, okay. That's a bit weird. <laughs> That's a very uh, Okay, well, my journey into the creative industry, mm-hmm. right? My, my journey, my career as an artist or in the creative business, the entertainment business started as an actress. Yes, that is my claim to fame. Okay. And so I started acting. Well, Actually, what happened was I took part in on a reality TV show. <laughs> okay, that's weird. So oh. I was part of a reality TV show. Yes. Mm-hmm. My first stint on television was a reality TV show in okay. 2005, I think. Okay. Um, what was it called? It was called Amstel to Box Office. But it was it, it was kind of like the first reality TV show in Nigeria at the time. And mm-hmm. it was uh, focused on actors, right? near you know it was focused on actors so it was a reality tv show for actors you know and um so many people you know people like over twenty thousand plus people had applied to be part of the reality tv show now it's so funny because i kind of like entered for it by error (laughs) i didn't really (laughs) so it's so funny um i wasn't really what happened was I had, you know, I had a little bit of a family tragedy at the time. You know, mm-hmm. my family house had gotten burnt, burnt down, and we were going through a very difficult time. At the time, I was working in my family business, right? My mom used to have a, a fashion – I'm not used to. She still has it anyway. Mm-hmm. But she had, she had a fashion company, and I worked with her for almost 12 years, you know, running her business and managing and designing clothes and stuff like that. And so when the family house burned down, of course, all of us lost everything. And I was just not – none of us were in the mood to work, right? And I kind of just wanted a break. And so somebody brought a form for this reality TV show. But the form was brought for my sister, not me, my younger sister. And I kind of looked at it. I was like, my younger sister is not an actor. Like, ooh, like, you know, right? So mm-hmm. I kind of took the form and I filled it. But I wasn't really expecting anything to come out of it. It was it's just something I just did and I totally forgot about it. And then I got a call back for the first audition and then you know i went through the first audition and i still really wasn't really interested right i mean i always wanted to be an actor because i grew up in an artistic family my father used to be a musician and all mm-hmm. not used to still a musician anyway <laughs> but you know i so <laughs> i keep saying you said that i remember like you know so uh, i took part on the you know i kind of went to the first audition and i really didn't care what was going to happen mm-hmm. but then when i got the second call back I think that's when I kind of like it now became a challenge for me. So it was like, okay, hey, you know, like you've come too far to, you know, to drop out of this, right? You kind of want to go all the way. So it started becoming more of a challenge to me because it was first something I just without really thinking of. And then the moment I was, I went through the first edition and the second got the second call back. I was like, wait, wait a second, this is for real, like, right? And then mm-hmm. I got the third call back, 
And then eventually I got to the house. So out of 20,000 plus, you know, people, I was one of the 10 people who were invited to do the show and, and then, you know, broadcast to the entire country. And so that was how, should I say, my, you know, my, my career started really because it right during the, um, just going through the, cause of course there were lots of, you know, uh, performance classes and, and stuff and the training to be an actor. I think it was mm-hmm. through all of that and the elimination and all of that and, you know, people voting and calling and stuff like that, that I kind of realized that I could actually build a career and I wanted to do this for real. So it was right off after the television, uh, the reality TV show that I started my career as an actress. Okay. Wow. So during this, this reality show, they taught you how to become an actress and like led you through that process? Yes. Yes, they did. Because, you know, we had presentation coaches, performance coaches, you know, acting coaches. We had the best, like what we would call our iconic actor, you know, legend. So yes, they were teaching us through all of that. We had to learn, you know, monologues and everything that you need to know, you know, basically to be an actor. So I guess through all of that, you know, <laughs> right, and and through keeping people up awake to just to watch you, and you know, and all of them, then you realize that, you know, maybe I don't do, I don't suck at this. You know, I could try this. You know, I could really try this. You know, and I was getting bored doing mm-hmm. the job that I was doing, and even though I loved fashion and I loved working with my mom. You know, I'm a creative and I don't like restriction, right? So I kind of just wanted to go express, you know, another side of me and the creative side of me. So, yeah. Okay. Well, while you were on the show, what was your favorite monologue? Ah, Yuri, you want to throw me on? Oh, my God. I don't remember. This is like, what, 13, 14 years ago? I was like, what? Okay. Well, 13 I, I thought years I would ago. Oh, you know, like, I wish I could. Oh, my God. That would be, ooh, let's see. Ah, mm. uh, Yuri. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll maybe, maybe we'll come back to that later. Conversation. Exactly. Right. Maybe it'll just come. Right. I was hoping it'd be like some kind of like deep Shakespearean monologue. If you're like Lady exactly. Macbeth, like out yeah. damn spot or something like that. Um, <laughs> we, we don't. We don't want to bore the listeners. Do we? We right. don't want to exclude enough of the Oscar. It's gonna go like, what the heck? We're in 2018. We're talking about like Mac. Like what? Shakespeare, what? no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, it's okay. I, I have I have a few actors and actresses who listen to the podcast, so they 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 may be writing you separately to to talk about uh, monologues. <laughs> <laughs> be prepared. Well, that would be awesome, and we could just you know start our own club, you know, <laughs> our own Yuri fan club, actors fan club, you know, Yuri actors fan club, something. We could just start something like that. I like I like that. You could you could be the president and uh, get. I think this is a brilliant idea, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely get this started. Uh, <laughs> I'm so, nominating myself already. <laughs> you you already have. You volunteered and nominated yourself as the uh, the leader of this fan club, and uh, I will just let you go from there. And uh, I will sign whatever you'd like me to. That's uh, I think that's a, a great a, a great way to begin fan clubs. I think. <laughs> so after this this reality show you worked on, how did you transition then into to getting involved more in your television products or projects, the movie, the movies, the you know the series that you end up working on? How did those those happen? Um. Well, you know how it is. Like, okay, so you get out of television, right? You get off a television show and then, you know, you walk down the street and people are like, oh, I know you, you know, oh, I voted for you. And, 
yeah, yeah, you know, and, you know, <laughs> you, you get all of that. But the truth is you still kind of have to build relationships within the industry. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was because one of the – my performance coach, right, or our performance coach, you know, he, he was – um, he is a veteran actor and, you know, an iconic actor here in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, he was kind enough to give some of us like, you know, recommendation. Right. So I'm sure there are a few people he thought were gr- really great actors on the show. And so he would send, you know, say, hey, you know, you need to, you know, there's this audition going on. I think you need to go. Or he would, you know, ask the director and say, hey, you might, you know, um, you might want to audition, you know, this person and audition Alex. I think she's great. Maybe mm-hmm. you should try out and see if she's good for the part. And so it started with that, I think. Oh, God, I hope I remembered this correctly. But <laughs> I think it really started with, you know, being invited. Yeah, being recommended. And, you know, I would go and and read for parts. And, yeah, I think my, you know, I, I did my first. That's not how it happened, actually. I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> You know, but I do remember that happening at some point. You okay. know, it's so funny. You don't even remember the beginning of your character, but I do remember that happening at some point. But I think that my first film was also, my first film I remember was, um, I think this was shot in 2006. And then it was done by a production house who had done another reality TV show, which is a bit weird. And mm. so, you know, they wanted, you know, character for, and, you know, they just said, hey, she's, you know, let's have her. And I came, I saw the script and, you know, read the part and directors like, she's good let's just use her and i think that's it but to be honest i think for myself my own career a lot of my work have come from recommendation right somebody who's worked with me on a project right who said oh you need to have you know you need to work with alex or somebody who's seen i think really a lot of that truth is i was never the actor who really went to auditions and just late like i don't know like (laughs) i'll be honest like i was never the one who went to auditions and like uh you know let's read and get the part yeah not really but, you know, a lot of it came from recommendation, people who've worked with me on projects or and sometimes it's not just the actors. Yeah, a lot of the actors, but sometimes another director or maybe even the crew. It's mm-hmm. funny how we downplay the crew. But the truth is the crew, they're watching you like mm-hmm. they're really, really watching you. So and I, I think also, you know, the kind of relationship you build with people, a lot of actors who get on set and they're kind of like rude or they don't care or they're just, you know, very um just not present very uppity or whatever it is but i think that you know the kind of relationship how you interact with other people and how you respect what role they play whatever role they're playing right i think that is so important i think that's how i've been able to get jobs really okay so of all the things that you've done the roles that you've played (laughs) what has been your (laughs) favorite character so far oh my goodness this one is a you know it's so funny I, i Oh god. Okay, so let's see. Oh god, my favorite role. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know, as a, and I'm probably sounding very cliche right now because you know actors go, oh, you know, I don't have a favorite role. I love all my babies, you know, all my stuff. Uh-huh. But the truth, <laughs> but the truth is, you know, it's kind of, you know, as a creative person, you like the dyna- you know, like diversity and the dynamics of playing different kinds of stuff, right? Different mm-hmm. kinds of characters, and those different kinds of characters. Definitely give you a different kind of boss, right? Right. So I played, <clears throat> I've played, you know, the villain. I think I have. And I've played a very, <laughs> you know, I've been, I've played the protagonist, I think. And I think I, but I think one of the most, what I would say is the one character that I remember for me, which was maybe, I, I wouldn't want to say probably the best, but I would say was emotionally draining, mm-hmm. right? 
or in terms of what's pretty you know draining or was you know took a lot of for me was um i had to play this i played the lead role on the, in, i think a film called heroes bright mm-hmm. and i had to play a musician i was a singer oh. sorry and i had to record it was a musical and i had to record 12 original songs mm-hmm. so not only was i performing and acting because this, this very and it was a very emotional character she was going through mood swings she's a singer trying to build a you know, a career, and then, you know, she had a husband at war, and living in another country, you know, it was just, you know, a lot of that, and dealing with the dynamics of trying to build a career in the music business, and so, so there was the dynamics of the character itself, but then there was also, I had to be a singer, mm-hmm. and so I had to record 12 original songs, and this were not cover songs, this were like 12 original songs, and so that took quite a bit of, you know, work and time and emotions and all of that because I had to bring the writers you know work in fact when I first saw the song I was like wait what is this this is like poetry <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and then you know we had some scenes like the, the shortest scene was like you know the shortest monologue was like I'm telling you I'm not I'm not exaggerating like 30 lines I'm like what wow Why am I? yeah it was that crazy like you know all of us just like what like you know <laughs> So they had to, you know, sometimes you have to say how many pages, right? It was so, it was almost very like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so dreamy. Like, this is just killing me. But, but it was, um, emotional in every way. So we had to perform, you know, had to go to the studio to record songs and then we had to get back and, and, you know, do, so yeah, that was draining. Other than that, I played everything. I think I played a Muslim woman. I don't know what it is to be Muslim, but I, <laughs> I had to play one, right? And then sometimes, you know, you also have to, changes to your body as well you know sometimes mm-hmm. you lose weight you put on weight you have to be older you have to be younger you have to hippie hippie and then you have to be approved and then you have to be all these different things <laughs> and so um, i guess that's what makes it you know interesting yeah i mean definitely like different parts of your personality can come out and you can work on different characters i think that's that sounds like a lot of fun where yes yeah, so- in your career, then, did you start um, going from just for, from acting to then start writing and kind of uh, branching out from, from your original trajectory? Okay, so let me let me. Okay, I might have to go to the very beginning. So writing, okay. I've always I started writing when I was in high school. Okay, right, and even though I never published, you know, I was in you know i was writing and i used to have all my classmates read like my short stories and then i used to be in a musical band actually and i didn't say this oh. but i used to be part of a musical an underground musical band which i was the lead singer what was your oh, band called <laughs> it was called the alternate <laughs> and i don't know where we got that name from but don't worry don't laugh at it like my friend's brother used to like every every time he saw us he would mm-hmm. make fun of us and he would laugh because the first songs we wrote were ridiculous like ridiculous, I can tell you that. And it was just hilarious. It was funny. Like, but anyway, we kind of grew into. It was an underground band. We never yeah. really took off. Never really did anything, you know, major. But I was writing songs for the group. Wait, and wait, wait. I hold on one second. Time. Question. <laughs> so you were in a band at some point in your life, and you used to play live. So why was the most difficult role the one where you played the lead singer of a band? Well, here's no, here's the thing. Well, it wasn't a, it wasn't a band. I was an individual, you know, I was a solo singer, solo artist, but it wasn't. Okay. Here's the thing. I had to, don't forget. It's, you know, 
being going to jam at a you know at a pub or you know in a club yeah. or just playing for fun is totally different from having to reenact a character. That's true. And so I had to play a role. You know this the, you know this person or this character was somebody dealing with different levels of emotions, right? She had a husband at war. She was getting oh. through. So it was a lot of it was you know she had a husband who was a mili- who was in the military who was who she never got to see. Okay. And then she was fall in love with somebody else and then she was going through the stress of trying to build a career with the record label trying to take advantage of her and she was dealing with so many there's just the dynamics of the emotions were just so you know and a lot of the songs were really you know <laughs> they were very emotional very you know ugh, very you know gotcha. you know what i mean yeah. so so okay. it was draining you know that's totally different from doing something that is you know your thing as opposed sure. to playing a character that really isn't you so um okay. that was draining <laughs> all right I, I i got you okay so so going back to your band what kind so going of back to the, what kind of music did you yeah. play well we well it was mm, r&b and pop right you know, there mm-hmm. was r&b and pop and we were trying to be be like groups like you know we had a bit of you know we had a it's so funny but we had a lot of influence you know we had the we liked i mean we wanted to be another destiny's child but we weren't exactly and then we liked all sense which is like a british band and then there was like three other like you know all the 702 and there was just all these ridiculous bands that were happening you know girl bands that were happening in the 90s right and so they were kind of like musical influence and then we liked so it was really pop it was like r&b and pop kind yeah of the stuff right um but here's what I was trying to say was that I was doing a lot of the rights and I was writing the songs, right, for the groups. I'd written about mm-hmm. almost uh, 70 songs, original songs, and I was writing poetry as well at the time. Okay. So, and then I was writing short stories that were never published, but, you know, I used to have my teachers read them and my classmates. So I was always writing, but this was always really um, not necessarily nonfiction. I mean, this were just, you know, um, poetry and, and music and all of that but i never really thought that i would do that professionally right okay. and so what happened as you know at some point in my career i think i got married and then i had a child at the time <laughs> and then it wasn't too long right after you know that somewhere in somewhere somewhere in the middle of all of that mm-hmm. my relationship wasn't working uh, okay. and so i had to move back home i'd gotten separated from my uh, who was another actor from another country mm-hmm. and then I was you know trying to raise a baby and of course you know how it is as a new mom as somebody who is struggling to book jobs back and trying to figure out herself you know there were just changes the changes were not just physical but they were emotional and there were a lot of changes and so and as someone who could really share with somebody or tell people what was going on because I was afraid of being front front page news the mm-hmm. next morning like you could see someone and you know it would be in the papers yeah the only way that i knew that i could kind of get out what i was feeling was journaling so okay. i started writing so that's how the writing you know, so writing started and it kind of became like, like a like therapy for me so i was kind of like sharing what i was feeling and it was really just me scribbling my naked thoughts right and that's what i called them at the time mm-hmm. and then one day i was bold enough to put it out there like i was like okay you know what let me share this with the world publish yeah, hmm. you know, and I put it out on Facebook, <laughs> and I'm like, right, everyone's gonna come at me, you know, and but then it, you know, I got a different reaction, you know. Of course, some people always think, why are you sharing all this with us, you know? But mm-hmm. more people were just like, wow, you know, like you're human, <laughs> you're real, you know. 
I can relate to this. Wow, I didn't know you were, you know, dealing with this. And you just found out that that sort of gave me the support that I kind of needed to kind of re- find myself, discover myself again. So, you know, there was kind of like, you know, the world where you were like building a career as an actress and you're out there and you want to be perfect and you want people to see just the image, right, that the industry has created of you. Right. Or the media created of you. And then you go through a change in your life and then you kind of discover that, hey, said it. You know, I don't care about that image. Right. I just want to be my original authentic self. Mm -hmm. Right. And I spent my entire (laughs) part of my career, my life trying to be perfect for you guys. Can I just be me right now? And can I just be honest and transparent and naked and authentic and just be, you know, and whoever likes it, fine. Who doesn't? Well, so really what happened was, um, Every time I went to an event, right, and I was at a red carpet, you know, the press, you know, journalists would ask, hey, Alex, what's going on with your marriage? How are you? How's your husband? How is, you know, and I would lie. Mm-hmm. I would typically lie. So I'm like, oh, we're great. You know, we're good. And I was doing that and doing that, and I was getting sick of it, and I was getting sick of myself. <laughs> I was getting tired of lying because <laughs> it's just not my thing. And so I just said to myself, so I stopped going out really because I didn't want to lie anymore, and I didn't want to tell people what was going on, right, mm-hmm. because then I would be sharing more than I should, and then I, you know, had people I thought I wanted to protect. And so the only thing was to avoid going out. But then it got to the point where I was like, you know what? You're not going to be the first person to have, you know, you're going to be the first actress. I mean, yes, you know, yeah, so you became a statistic. You're one of those actresses. Finally, you made the list. <laughs> one of those actresses whose marriage has never worked. Yay, mm-hmm. go, you know. So finally, you became a single mother. You know, all of the things you're afraid of. You know, all the statistics, all the things you're afraid of, you don't want to be labeled a statistic. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be the typical, you know, but somehow life is what it is, right? And things happen. And so I kind of had to accept the naked truth about that. And that's, you know, I just went like, I kind of became a rebel. I was like, you know what? Hey, this is what's going on with me. You guys like it, you don't. Hey, fine. You know, and really that's how I started the entire naked philosophy and just everything around it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's absolutely amazing, and yeah, I'm I'm very curious in in the, your <laughs> your naked philosophy and the in the naked movement mm-hmm. talk show mm-hmm. truth the mm-hmm. book that you've done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am curious about your reinvention of yourself. So okay. while you while okay. you're doing this, because I, I I know a lot of people have to reinvent themselves, and I'm I'm someone mm-hmm. who has has gone through that process m- myself mm-hmm. through various you know uh, trips along the way. So were there like other than journaling, were there mm-hmm. books you were reading along the way, or or people you were talking to? Like what? How how did you reinvent yourself, and how did that process happen? You're probably the first person who's asking me this. This is weird. Okay, no, but seriously, <laughs> um, well, well, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. You know, truth is, first of all, I was. You know how you get. I had all this. Okay, well, my my reinvention really started with me deciding Mm -hmm. that I wanted to live life in my own terms. Okay. Right. That I wanted to, you know, I I didn't want to, um, I didn't I didn't want to be defined or labeled by society's expectations. You know, like I just felt like a lot of the things I was doing, right, or I did, was because I felt I was supposed to. Mm -hmm. I was meant. People expected me to. You know, there are people who are rooting for my, my marriage, for example. And just because they thought we looked good together, right? <laughs> Nothing else, you know, not because anybody really knew what was going on inside, right? And mm-hmm. and then sometimes you, you struggle and you try to do this because, again, you want to fulfill – you don't want to disappoint anyone and you want to – you don't want to disappoint the people who are rooting for you, 
sometimes against your own good judgment, if that makes any sense. And so for me, I just figured that I needed to become this person who was living life on their own terms, right? And that also meant that I had to also embrace a lot of the other skills and talents I had. Let me tell you this. Um, as you know, as a creative, and I don't know if other people share this, but I used to be very embarrassed about having multiple talents. Oh, why is that? And yeah, because it kind of made you feel like you didn't have direction, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you say you want to be this and you want to be this and you want to be this and you want to be that, the person's like, "Wait, hang on a second. How can you want to be everything? You're like, like gonna be a jack of all trade and a master of none, right? And and that yeah. kind of makes you feel silly because it's like. You don't have direction, and and that's why a lot of times creatives feel like, oh, you know, they make creatives look like, uh, you know, like you're not, you're confused. When in actual fact, the truth is, you can actually be good at all. And even though it's funny that I'm really good at, okay, I'm bragging now, but I'm really good at all of the things that I'm doing. So I used to be very ashamed because the easiest thing to do was just go be a doctor, right? Go be like, like you know. You're not a doctor and a musician at night, right? <laughs> or a doctor and a, you know, so it was just easy to be one thing. Right. And so I chose that one thing to be an actress. But then I also wanted to write and I wanted to sing and I wanted to speak and I wanted to do so many things that just kind of seemed very not, you know, not, not, not average, right? Mm-hmm. And then as an actress, you get labeled as this bimbo, not a bimbo, but they just think, oh, you know, you're pretty, you got some boobs, and hey, so you must just be this nice, pretty looking. I'm sorry, I know I'm probably saying stuff on the show. Yeah. But, but oh, no, you're, you you're totally fine. This, you know, you might just be this nice, pretty airhead, right? Mm-hmm. But then you realize that the, you're more than that, and you have a bigger vision and a bigger goal, which is to actually impact lives. Mm-hmm. And you think there's probably just one way to do that, but there's just not one way to do that. So me now being in a position where I was going through a challenge, which was a challenge in my marriage. Mm-hmm. And of course, being a new mom at the time, I couldn't jump back right into acting immediately. And I couldn't book jobs. And because I had taken a break, I had moved to another country. Coming back was like, how do I connect back with the industry I left? Right. There are new kids on the block, new faces. What do I do? Right to build back a life for myself. Mm-hmm. And so for me, yes, back to your question you asked, I was reading books, definitely. I started, you know, I, I just, what I did was really changed um, my environment in a sense. And when I say change my environment, I'm not talking about my physical environment. I just changed what I was focusing on. You know, I just changed what I was paying attention to. Right? I was changing, I changed what I was reading, who I was following, what I was looking at you know so I saw myself trying to you know I was in you know more books and listening to more podcasts and shows and I was like yeah I can do that you know mm-hmm. I have you know I have an opinion too you know I have a perspective and what if I could create a platform where people could just be you know experience this naked consciousness and could be honest so you just said it you know so I was focusing and looking in a different direction than I was as an actor at the time Right. So I guess that's where the reinvention came. And then, of course, you come into a certain consciousness. And I, I think that this is the idea of being naked is that you live in a you experience a certain kind of personal freedom. Right. The freedom mm-hmm. to be who you are and to present yourself the way you are. And, and, and that is probably the deepest form of consciousness that you experience because you come into an awareness and you become more aware of how you show up and how you show up in the world and all of that. So for me, the you know, I started changing. And I think with that started meaning that I was changing my habits. I was changing the people I was hanging around with. I was changing the, the people I was collaborating with, you know, like all of that started changing. And then that's how, you know, 
I went from being just this actress, <laughs> right, just an actress, <laughs> to becoming more than an actress, if that makes any sense. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. That's great. So that's when you then started your, say, naked philosophy and, and expanding your brand. What was first? So I know you mentioned the blog first. But then yes. what was the natural progression of, like, well, was it the radio yeah. show next, or, or how did that evolve? So, you know, the first thing was, you know, I started writing. And when I started writing, it wasn't really – I wasn't planning to start a blog. I was just writing, and I okay. put it out on Facebook, <laughs> right? And I would share it on BBM, and I would just send it out, like, right? And people mm -hmm. would send messages, and everyone was like, hey, start a blog, start a blog. You know, and I'm like, start a blog? Nah. You know, again, <laughs> another thing you tell yourself, I'm an actress, how can I start a blog? And yeah. I, again, understand this, I live in Africa. So while everyone else might be moving in a very fast lane, you know, we're trying to catch, we're trying to catch up a lot of things. So I was like, what? Me, an actress, start a blog? No, you know, bloggers are supposed to be for, you know, the for journalists and the gossips and the, you know, you know, I don't know, start a, but then, I, I kind of realized, wait, I could, and people were like, no, you need to share this blog, you know, build a platform. Mm -hmm. And I kept saying to myself that I was going to start a blog. And for two years, every time I stepped out and I was asked, Alex, what are you walking on now? I'm like, I'm about, you know, I'm about to start a blog. And I kept, I was about to start a blog for two years. So uh, okay. Like every time I went out, people would ask me like, oh, I'm start a blog. And I was saying the same thing for two years. And then one day I sent a message out to a friend of mine and I sent it on BBM and then WhatsApp. And then he sends me a message back saying he was going to block me off. Like, what is this? Go and put this thing on a blog. Like, stop. You know, stop. And then he sends me this image of do it now, not later. And I'm like, wait, but you just said you're going to block me off. He's like, yeah, go, go start a blog. And I'm like, is that a blog? And it's like, yeah, it's not that hard. You can do it like in 30 minutes. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, you know, the platform so you can just go and start in 30 minutes. And so I kind of tried. He lied because it took me more than 30 minutes. But the point <laughs> is, I eventually set that up. And of course, I called it because I didn't know what to call it. So I was like, okay, Alexandra and Henrika thoughts. Right? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and really the blog eventually, you know, after doing the blog and get a lot of, you know, attention and views and people wanted to read my stuff and you know a lot of it was raw and raunchy and real and you know as naked as you know depending on what it was and right after doing that for quite you know if I like the first year I was like hey you know what maybe I could do I would love to do a radio show now here's the funny part the radio show that I wanted to do it wasn't even the show that I'm doing now which is a bit, <laughs> and that's another long story mm -hmm. but eventually so I was like okay you know what let me test let me test run this let me try something let me try an online show but what am I going to call this show so I'm like okay you know what let me call it the naked talk and I'm like you know what nobody's going to listen to the naked talk who's going to listen to it no nobody's going to listen to it so I'm just going to play around and just do this stuff <laughs> right and so it was meant to be a joke yeah and then that's how the show was you know so you know, it went from the blog to the radio show and then the radio show seemed like it was a joke and before you know I got a pitch you know somebody from you know an, you know an American author is like hey I'd love to be a guest and I'm like what me really 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 wow I could do this <laughs> so that really was you know how that came and then from the radio I think was that yeah, yes. So from the radio show, then I was like, you know what? How about I do? A I write a book, you know, because everyone kept going, oh, you need to write a book. You need to write a book. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to call the book? So I'm like, the naked truth. So you know, <laughs> I kept trying to maintain. And then I started the 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 book, and, and you know, the book is out. And then I'm like, oh, you know, I have to do. I want to do a summit. I want to bring speakers. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to call it? Naked challenge. So you know, anyway, cut the long story short. <laughs> I started thinking of different ideas and things, and then I started the Naked Bliss Academy, and then you know, there's just all this naked stuff going around. Yeah. And 
and just creating platforms. And, and it's interesting how these silly ideas come in my head. But the most important part was that I had the mission to help people be, you know, just leave their authentic best, you know, just mm-hmm. be themselves and, and leaving their own personal freedom and, you know, leaving that light bulb of truth and not be ashamed to be who they are. And so it's funny how, you know, this thing started, but people just, you know, seem, they kind of seem to dig it. You know, they like being naked. <laughs> so it was fun. Yeah. That's awesome. And then, so you've also written a book called, was it Strip Down Success for Creatives? Yes. Yes. You know, but, and it really is, you know, principles for creatives and just how I, being, you know, just the principles that I use, you know, or I have used to sort of like build my brand and, and mm-hmm. you know, kind of build it beyond borders, so to speak, right? And how I've yeah. been able to, you know, build a global brand and how I'm reaching out to people and collaborating and and, and these are principles that people probably know. So I put, you know, put this book together and, you know, did strip down um, success for creatives. So, okay, that's, yeah. that's great. And then, because I also don't want to forget about this. You're also are you, you're working on another book right now that's coming out later in 2018. Is that correct? Well, yes, but I actually have a book that came out today. So oh, today. Funny. That's okay. That's awesome. Okay, so what book came out today? Well, you well, are pro- prolific. <laughs> well, there's a book that came out today. It's actually an anthology. It's an anthology. It's a global anthology. Okay. And I wrote this book with I wrote this book with 20 other women. Um, so I'm a lead author myself and um, one of my my partner, my co-author, and she's in Canada, Frankie Picasso. So we came together and this was right after my summit, mm-hmm. I did, you know, I, my first summit in 2016. And she was one of the speakers and, you know, we had a great um, event, a six day event. It was powerful. Twenty five speakers from around the world with this amazing summit. And she's like, hey, you know, I, lo- I love working with you. Let's try something else. Let's do something else. I'm like, hey, let's write a book. Yeah. And so we decided to merge her brand because she's known as Unstoppable Frankie and then of course my naked brand and we decided yeah. to write this book called I Bared My Chest. And so I Bared My Chest is um even though you know we this book features twenty one unstoppable women from different parts of the world. It's very diverse. We our youngest author is sixteen. The oldest is like sixty five. We have wow. you know from different countries around the world, different <laughs> continents and countries and different sexual orientation and different um you know career and religion. We have Christians, Muslim, Hindus, Buddhists, you know, think about everything. Like it's so diverse. I don't think it's a book as diverse as this in terms of just Everything that represent different cultures and race and and stuff. And it is the beauty of it is that it is not a feminist book. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, the truth is when people see women come together, they think, oh, you know, everybody's going like, hey, we're raising up, you know, we're lifting up pink, <laughs> our pink on the wears and stuff. And and, you know, we're shouting. But this is a book that, you know, men and women will enjoy because it would make you laugh and cry mm-hmm. and cringe. And it's very it's, you know, we say it's bold, brave, and bossy. You know, the yeah. language is, you know, we're, like we strip naked, like in terms of, so we, you know, we talk about finance to just, you know, our experience and, and what we feel about, you know, building a career and what we think about money, <laughs> right? And, and, and how we deal and manage money, you know, like, you know, what we think about wealth and, and spirituality and religion and sex and, you know, just everything you can think of that we feel is important to every aspect of our lives. You know, we talk about, Everything. What am I missing? Everything. Love <laughs> and relationships and friendship and prejudice and and it'll be. It's what is amazing is that all of these different women come from different times, different generation, different continents, and different stuff. But with all the difference, there's mm-hmm. similarity. Like we all, at the end of the day, want the same thing. 
<laughs> so it's so funny how we're all so different, but in the core of it all, we are all the same. Like, you know, yeah. there's something that unifies all of us. And so you would see someone you know, your sister, your brother, you probably your neighbor, your aunt. Like, you know, there's everyone's stories and some of the stories are, you know, really, really intriguing. But I think it's not just the stories, but it's how we put out the story. Yeah. Right. So the language and it's funny, it's hilarious. And oh, my God, crazy. So, yeah, the book came out today. Well, that's great. Congratulations. I'm I feel honored that you are on my podcast on the, the release of your book. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Is it, uh, yes. So is it on, on Amazon? I'm guessing. Yes, it is. Okay. Yes, it's, it's on Amazon. It's it's on Amazon, but of course, you know, they can go to our website, uh, w, I bared my chest, I bared my chest dot com. Okay. And you know, they, and it's available. You know, it's in it's in print and ebook, and it's in audio, and the audio is awesome because oh. you know the authors actually. Yes, we tell our stories in our own original voices. Oh, so great. you're gonna hear, so you're gonna hear all the accents, the Indian accent, and the Brazilian accent, <laughs> and the African accent, and just you know everyone telling their stories, and it is hilarious. So you yeah. definitely want to get the audiobook. It's crazy. Okay, yeah, that's that's great. I'm gonna have to look at the audio or get, download the audiobook because that <laughs> sounds like it's even even more rich um, in the original languages and voices of the authors. Yes, that's, yes, it is. That's great. So. Um, so are you having a book that comes out in 2018 or was this the book? Yes. No, okay. I, 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 well, I have a solo book coming out, right? I have a solo book coming out in, 20, in November. It's called Reveal. Okay. Right? It's Reveal, you know, how to, how to strip down barriers, boundaries, and limits and beliefs. So it's Reveal. Again, everything is kind of, yeah, there's always something to strip, right? Yeah, definitely is. Slowly but surely. Yeah. Right. You're taking so, off a layer. You know, the, Yes. So, you know, Reveal is um, coming out, you know, it's my solo my solo book. <laughs> so it's coming mm-hmm. out in, um, yeah, the, almost November 2018. And I'm excited about it, actually, because I, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so yeah. because of everything that you're working on, mm-hmm. are there, have you gotten better at saying no to either it's, it's uh, you know, previous people in your life or projects in your life that aren't quite what you want anymore um, because you do keep busy with a lot of different things. So is there, have you gotten better at saying no and, and how has that process been in selecting of projects? Um, you, you know, I'm, I'm glad first that's a great question and yes, I think I've gotten better at saying no, you know, um, um, at first, you know, when you get offered an opportunity and sometimes, you know, you, you see there, you know, you go, oh, yeah, sure. Why not? You know, I want to do this. But then you realize, hey, you know, I'm busy. Right. But at the same time, it's not about just being busy, really. But you also have to think of how is this um, opportunity serving not just me. Yeah. The other person. How how am I going to serve the other person? I mean, if I'm going to be so busy that I'm not going to be able to commit commit to it, then it would be unfair for me to say yes when. I know that I'm not going to fulfill my part. And I'm the person who likes to give a hundred and if there's anything like that, 110% to whatever it is that I, so what I've learned is to just go, Hey, you know, this is right now. I'm, um, I can't do this, but here, how can I support you? Mm-hmm. Right. So my way of saying no is like, Hey, I may not be able to do what you want me to do, but Hey, you know, I can do something for you. Yeah. Right. So I, Rather than just go abruptly, oh, I'm sorry, no, bye, bang, because I believe in relationships and I believe just because I'm saying no now, 
or because I'm not traveling with you today doesn't mean that I may not travel with you tomorrow. So what I do is so that you know that I support what you're doing or I, and if I support what you're doing, then I offer the person something. I go, hey, you know what? Okay, so I'm not sure that I'm the right person to help you. I'm, you know, I'm not very good at cryptocurrency. I don't know anything about it. I'm just joking. I'm using that as an example. But right. I'm just saying, hey, you know, I could, I'm not really sure that I'm the person who's going to be knocking on doors trying to sell that. Mm-hmm. That's not my thing. But you know what? I can do something for you. I can run ads on my show. Or I can, you know, promote your stuff. And, you know, and if you have a bad, I can put it up. You know, th- so I offer you something so you know that I am supporting you. But I may not be able to take a part or take the role that you're offering me right, the opportunity you're offering me right now, the way you're offering it to me because I have something else I'm doing. So that's how I get to say it all nicely. Okay. <laughs> well, that makes good. sense. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. What about the times when you feel overwhelmed or mm-hmm. uh, unfocused or even scared mm-hmm. about moving forward with projects? Mm-hmm. How do you mm-hmm. approach fear and uncertainty in, in times like that where you're just not really feeling 100% yourself? How do you get past that? Oh, great. Oh, my God. Let's see. Mm-hmm. It's like a very <laughs> pregnant question. So <laughs> I'm trying to see. When I feel uncertain and when I feel – you know what? The truth is – Ah, God, it's funny. I run on a, I run on a full tank of hope. Let me tell you this, Yuri. I run on mm-hmm. a full tank of hope. Like I'm the optimist, but yeah. at the same time, there are times I'm overwhelmed, and that's true. And there are times I'm tired, and I, and really, when I feel like I'm tired, I just take a break. Like I know that what what I've learned, and I think that this is also what the the naked philosophy. I think that you know, on the surface, people think, okay, the naked philosophy is about being real and being authentic and being no. It's about actually challenging the illusion of perfection. And I think that that is the core. I think if you understand that perfection is a myth, it's an illusion, it's something that doesn't exist, I think kind of affects the way that we do things and the way our expectations and how we see life and all of that. And so for a lot of times when I set things, for example, deadline for myself, and I'm the person whose integrity is very important to, and I want to meet my deadlines and I want to say, do what I say I'm going to do. At the same time, I understand that life happens. And I understand that I might be struggling with internet for like three days, right? I might be sick, you know, or, or something, or I just might not be as productive as I want to be because I'm just overwhelmed. And while before I would be nervous or I would be worried or I'm, you know, or I'm missing deadline and I'm trying to kill myself and I'm trying to, I realize that, well, if it doesn't go out today, it doesn't go out today, Alex, like nothing is cast on stone. Like, so sometimes you, you know, you create a goal, but then you want to go back and say, Hey, let me look at this thing again. Do I need to adjust my timeline? Do I need to adjust my goal or my deadline or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. Just so that, and I always, I've, you know, I've started to find that things happen when they're supposed to. So, for example, the book that came out today was supposed to have come out last year, mm. right? So it was meant to come out. It was meant to have come out last year, but then we had a bit of, you know, challenges, and which is typical of any project, right? And at first, you know, we would be worried about it. My partner's like, "And I'm like, hey, hang on a second. If it doesn't come out this year, so what? Like, right? It will come out sometime, and and people will still buy it anyway, yeah. right? We just need to figure out when it will come out. So I've learned. I think that for me now helps me to handle stress. Like when I feel overwhelmed, I'm like, okay, just pause a little. Take a break, you know, okay, fine. It, does it have to come out today? Does it have to be today? Does it have to be right now? If it doesn't have to, right, then it doesn't have to. There's something that my father taught me, like, from doing events, right, because my dad is, you know, used to do big award shows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
And of course, you know how it is scripting events, right? And it's only the producers that know what is supposed to happen. The audience don't know, right? right so right. let's say the audience don't know what is exactly supposed to happen. So let's say somebody was supposed to come down the roof. And for whatever reason, the machine that was supposed to pull the person down from the roof just stops, starts to malfunction, right? They could have the person move on a, you know, on a cart on the stage or they could change the entire production. And the audience would still cheer because they did not exactly know what was supposed to happen. Hmm. So as a, a creative, I found out that, you know, it is that creativity or what it, should, should I call it? Like everything is, as long as it's within my control, I have the, I, I have the, you know, the, 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 let the liberty, right, mm-hmm. to change, to flip things and to change, you know, to change things and to change the design or to change the timeline or to change, you know, whatever it is of the original plan, because I do have control of that. And by the, and by, and, and because I understand that, you know, perfectionism, like, I understand that it's, it's up to me to, to, to fix that. Then it kind of manages how stressed I feel that things are not going exactly the way that I plan. If that makes any sense. So yeah. I, I, you know, me knowing that, I've learned. Okay, you know, this, this wasn't working. Or this isn't working. Okay, fine. Can we try something else? So it's kind of like more solution focused in a sense. So when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I take a break. And when I take that break, I think I come back usually with clarity. I'm like, okay, maybe we can try this. Let's do it this way. Let's see. Yeah. Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah. If- so. Are those times when you come across younger people, mm-hmm. either as like a student or somebody else, what advice do you give them about what it's like to enter the real world? And what advice would you give them that they should totally ignore that's completely crap? <laughs> okay, what advice? Okay, so this, this is a double question. Let's see. It is, so it is a double question. I'm, I, I like doing double questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first one is what advice would that give them about entering the real world? Yes. Okay, so the advice, okay. That would probably be an advice that was given to me, but I kind of like have kind of recreated it, right? You know, yeah. reinvented it a little. So while when I was, as, when I started as a newbie actor, and I remembered this on the show, on the reality TV show, my performance coach, RMD, Richard Muffet-Damager, he said something to us. He said, there are no small roles only small actors mm-hmm. right and i mean that obviously lets you know that you know it doesn't matter what part is given to you what you know it doesn't matter what role is given to you you get a chance to perform right it is your performance that kind of reflects who you are as an actor and so it doesn't matter if you're given one scene or 10 scenes or you know 20 scenes right so i've taken that same statement and i've told myself there are no small opportunities, only small minds, right? So mm-hmm. every opportunity, and I, that has affected the way that I do things. I use every every opportunity for me as a privilege, right? I don't look at anything as small. Everything for me is a big deal. And that's how, you know, that is how I approach, you know, work. That's how I approach relationships. That's how I approach collaboration, business, that every opportunity is, you know, a big deal. So that is something that I'm going to say to them. So if you... Go into the real world, no no small opportunity, only small minds, right? So it's how you use the opportunity that you're get, that's given to you. Don't look at it and say, hey, it's not wrapped around in you know pink bows or something. Sometimes it's not going to come in the way that you want it to. But if you're smart, you can take advantage and you can use it well. Okay. So great. That so then, okay, that's that's fantastic so, and and really good advice. But so what would you what advice would you tell them to totally ignore? Crap, the crappy advice. Let's see. The crappy mm. advice, yeah. <laughs> oh god, there's so many of them, but let me I'm trying to figure out which one. Ah, uh, let's see. Um 
the patient dog eats the fat. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was so funny. You know, when you say the patient dog eats the fattest bone, yeah. like, we, like, what? Like, the patient dog doesn't get any bone at all. Like, <laughs> okay, that's a joke. But it is, seriously. Um, I'm like, what? Like, rap? Okay, no. Okay, that's a kid. But seriously, let me think of uh, bad advice. You know, there's just so much. Oh, God, there's. Uh, there's so many of them. Like, you know, you see all this. <laughs> there's so many things you hear and you see and you're like, what? No. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Ah, oh, God. You know, it's so funny that I've, I've, you know, over the years I've become so hot, you know, like, I don't know. Again, that's something that's happened. It's funny because I kind of went from being kind of like a pessimist mm-hmm. to being an optimist. So you know how you go from just being somebody who just, oh, yeah, yeah. And then you, you, you become this person who runs on hope and who's positive. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of focus and all you notice is, and I say this, that really, if you look for beauty, you'll always find beauty. So it's mm-hmm. funny how you don't really, you like, it's hard for me to be to find drawn. Yeah, as hmm. like it's hard for me to be. You know, it's funny. I told the story like, um, and I know we don't probably have too much time, and I talk a lot. Gosh, <laughs> but <laughs> but I remember saying this that I attended a webinar a few days ago, and I shared this on Facebook. I said I attended a webinar a few days ago, and when I attended it, I kind of was like, oh my god, this thing is filled with fluff and rah rah, and just you know, this supposed superstar host is just talking. I wasn't impressed, right? At the beginning of it, I was like, okay, he's just talking like, oh, you know, like, what? Are, you know, I've heard all, all of this before. It wasn't telling me anything that I didn't know while everyone else was queen, ooh, and ah, and all of that. But you know what? Right as I was listening and I thought I wasn't impressed, it occurred to me that he had said one thing. One thing, right? One thing that I already knew, but I was not implementing. Mm-hmm. Something that I'd been wanting to implement, but I had been procrastinating on. And so at that point, it occurred to me that a lot of the times when we are searching for something, you know, we're searching to read or hear something new, something fresh, something genius. When in actual fact, we really just need to hear that one thing <laughs> that we probably already know, but are just not acting on. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, here, what am I saying in the essence is that there's always a lesson, you know, there's always something positive, there's always a message, right, irrespective of whatever it is, whether it's where my, you know, so I, I don't anymore see, and I guess that again is a function of how I now think, because even though initially I was thinking, oh my God, I'm not impressed, I'm thinking, wait, hang on, this guy just reminded me of something that I'm supposed to do, and I've been trying to do, and I've forgotten to do for the last two years, mm-hmm. and so in other words, I walked out of that webinar with something that I needed to do, and I immediately went to act upon which I probably hadn't procrastinated. So there was some, it wasn't a waste of my time like I thought it was. Yeah. It wasn't, right? So what I'm just saying is that, you know, so even with all the negative messages or the bad advice, there's probably some, I, I have some, I say something negative inspiration. A negative inspiration could be an example of something you shouldn't do or shouldn't say. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Awesome. All right. Well, Alex, I want to thank you so much for your time. I know it's getting really late where you're at. So we'll, we'll stop here for today. Uh, but if the listeners would like to see more of your work, hear more about what you're working on, what is the best way they can find you and and do that? Well, I guess I just probably have to send them to my website, and they can go to my <laughs> official website, which is Alex Okurji, okay. A-L-E-X-O-K-O-R-O-J-I dot M-E dot me, me mm-hmm. as in me. Use you, okay. <laughs> as in me, as in me. Me as in me, uh-huh. <laughs> 
music to me, right? And they can just, I think they can find everything else there. I think that's the okay. easiest way to say. Just if they go to alexrichie.me and then they can connect with me on social media and check out the radio show, check out everything, the book and all of that. Yes. Yeah, so, and yeah, I mean, you, that's great. But I mean, you are, again, you're prolific. So you are all over the place and it, it is easy to find you <laughs> and the amazing work you're doing. Uh, and I will for sure make sure to put all of these links in the show notes so people can just click right through. Yuri, I just wanted to say this. You're such an amazing – oh, God, I had so much fun talking to you, like like totally just talking to you. Like, And I know that I talk a lot. Sorry, forgive me. <laughs> but I'm just having such a great time. And maybe it's a coffee. Maybe next time I should call my beer so that I'm a little sober <laughs> and not hyper. Oh, no, this has been fantastic. I, 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 I love your energy, so this, is, this has been great. Thank you so much for, for being open and honest and being full of energy. It's, uh, it was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Advance Your Art Podcast. If you like this episode, please go into iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button so that every single time I release a new episode, it will go directly to you without even thinking about it. If you're interested in hearing older episodes, please go to AdvanceYourArt.com where you can find the catalog of everything I've done so far, as well as contact information and projects I'm working on. Thank you again, and have a great day.